0: so, hey, do me a favor. Home church, stand your feet with me. Pastor Roger, can you come on up? And can we welcome up Pastor Roger Bridge as he comes and brings the word this evening. Come on. Amen and amen. Wow, praise God. You know, uh, before I forget, I just want to, uh, I want all of us to be, grateful and can we just show some love for every volunteer that helped this weekend to make this happen parents if you have kids that are being watched right now can you just show some love to the kids Men team and some appreciation isn't that awesome can we just love uh pastor chris tonight and just the whole team your family is awesome that is amazing I'm excited for what God is going to do, Um, and so I'm going to pray, and Heavenly Father, I just pray that this word, Lord God, this word that is already anointed, Lord God, that it will be like bread to our lips, and Heavenly Father, that you, Holy Spirit, will be the distributor of this bread, and that we will eat until we are full, because there is plenty, God. There is plenty because you are a more than enough, God. And so we don't have to worry that we're going to run out. You don't have to worry that that we don't have to worry that we're going to be forgotten. We don't have to worry that we're going to be looked over. We don't have to worry that we're not going to be able to have enough. There is plenty of bread in the house tonight, and we want to eat of this word that you have prepared this evening. And so I pray, Heavenly Father, that each and every one of us, Lord God, will just be ready, Lord God, in our minds and in our hearts to receive what it is that you have for us tonight. And I just thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing, God. I thank you because you are mighty, God. I thank you because you are worthy, heavenly father. I thank you because there's nobody that compares to you, God. I thank you, heavenly father, because you are the star breather, God. I thank you because you are the water walker, Lord God. Even in the midst of the storms, you are the demon chaser. I thank you, God, because you are my friend, heavenly father. I thank you, Lord God, because you are the bridge over troubled waters, my king. I thank you, heavenly father, because there is nobody else like you, Lord God. I thank you because your yes is your yes. I thank you, Heavenly Father, because you keep every promise. I thank you, Lord God, because you don't leave us or forsake us, God. But you have always been there. Your hand has always been with us, my King. And they give you all the praise that is due your holy name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. My goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you find about six people and say, get ready to eat get ready to eat get ready to eat ready to eat so the other, I think it was last, last weekend I got on this plane because I was going to go speak somewhere and, and you know on the plane they come and they they sit you in this seat this tiny bless them Lord <laughs> this tiny seat praise Jesus you know, they're not thinking about us blessed folks now. And so, you know, I want to try to get to the seat first, glory to God. Because once I get in, you know, it takes a minute to get me out. And no, you, you know, so, you, so you're there and you're, you're, you're sitting on And I got my seat and, and, uh, and I praise the Lord because he showed me favor and grace because I was the first one there. Glory. Hallelujah. Say he won't do it. And so I get there, and, 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 and you know how the arm rest goes, you know, and so you have to decide who's going to share what, and first come, first serve is what they say, and I know I'm supposed to be a Christian, I'm supposed to be generous, and all that kind of stuff, but I said, Lord, you know, I just, I just need this, Lord Jesus, and so, and so I'm waiting for the person, you know, to kind of walk by, because I know that they're going to come, and they're going to sit right here next to me, and, and so every time I think somebody's going to stop, I kind of go like this, you know, and, just to just to have my arms on the on the armrest and then when they when they walk by I kind of relax and the next person comes and I you know what I mean I, and so I'm sitting here and 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 you know I, we're listening and we're about to take off and and the lady is up there and she's giving us instructions on what happens if we die and. Uh, <laughs> And ain't nobody paying attention. So I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't know what we would do, because I don't think anybody listening. Everyone's on their phones and everything. But, so, you know, I'm, try- I'm trying to, like, you know, listen and stuff. And, and so she's there, and, and she says, uh, listen, she says that um, she, she describes different events, and if this happens, if this happens. And, and, at, and at one point, she said, you know, and what you wanna do is you'll wanna put your head in between your legs. Lord, move this mountain. And I said, What? And so, you know, I'm like, Not sure that's gonna work. And the guy that was finally sat next to me, you could tell he was mad. He was mad. Ooh, he was mad. You know, I got there first. He was just, he was so salty about it. He was so mad. And I said, that's okay. And so I'm, I'm just trying to listen to the lady, and you know, she's, and, and this guy's upsetting. And so she says, and then if the air mask come down, put your air mask on first before helping the person next to you. And I looked at the dude next to me, I was like, well, she ain't gotta worry about that. <laughs> and then she says, um, and and if we if we have to land on water, she says, underneath your seat, there's a life vest. Underneath my seat. And then she takes out a life vest as a sample. And what she takes out, and she said, You're gonna put it like this. And it'll and it'll save you. And she had one for this side too. It kinda kinda went like kinda went like this. And I said, Lord but in my stomach and this life vest if we going down that's my time to make it home Jesus I'm ready Lord I'm ready but just in case we'll see because if you can get me through this Lord you know and I said well maybe the rapture will happen you know what I mean like maybe that's when the trumpet will sound even though I'm going to tell you right now it'll take more than a trumpet to get me up I mean he's got to call all the angels a heavenly host to come in Lift me up to meet him in there. And I was excited because, because on this particular flight, they said, yes, they'll have complimentary snacks and some bread. And I said, Oh, oh, some bread. Now see, you get me with bread. And so I was really excited. So she she starts coming down and she said, was like, I said, Well, yes, I'd like some of that, uh, some of that complimentary bread. And she said, oh, yes, right here. And she hands me this packet with this, with this bread. And I said, are we taking communion? And I began to think, lady, this is, this is not bread. This is not, see, I know bread. I'm a bread connoisseur. I know, I know my bread. And I love all kinds of bread. And I know bread. The first thing you want when you sit down at the restaurant is what? you want to know where the bread is, right? Texas Roadhouse, you're like, where's the bread? Right? Olive Garden, to dip it in that sauce, you know, where's the bread? Cheesecake Factory, where's the bread? Because because there's something about bread that just, I absolutely love. There's something about bread that's so comforting. There's something about bread that's so delicious. There's something about bread that just warms your soul and And so tonight I said, well, what should I talk about? And as I was praying, I said, well, why don't I talk about a subject that I know? And so tonight I want to talk to you about the bafflement of bread. The bafflement of bread. The bafflement of bread. You know, what's interesting is when you go to read a text that is familiar sometimes because it is so familiar that those that have been serving Christ for a while can begin to sort of tune out but I pray that you lean in tonight for what it is that the Lord is wanting us to do and so we're going to read from Mark chapter 8 and I'm going to read on the feeding of the 4,000 no you heard me right I said 4,000 4,000 some of you like oh pastor Roger you already slipping. Didn't you mean the feeding of the five thousand? No. I meant the feeding of the four thousand. The feeding of the, the feeding of the four thousand. So Mark chapter eight, starting in verse one. It says, During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me 3 days and have had nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have been have come a long distance. His disciples answered, "But we are but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them, he says, if I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. Isn't it interesting how you can be with Jesus and still feel exhausted? Isn't it fascinating how you could follow Jesus and still feel like you were on the verge of collapsing? Isn't it fascinating because here where they met, Was not in the comfort of homes. But out in the wilderness. Where they had followed Jesus Christ. And in the presence of Jesus. They began to get tired. They began to feel exhaustion. And I'm wondering if there's anybody here tonight. And maybe you've been following Jesus for a while. And there is some part of you that feels exhausted there's some part of you that feels tired. There's some part of you, some area, some sphere within your life that you feel like, Jesus, if something doesn't happen, it's going to collapse. If there isn't something supernatural that takes place, I'm going to collapse. And it's fascinating that you can be exhausted and in the presence and following Jesus Christ. And that is perplexing because oftentimes we think that following Jesus must mean that we somehow will be devoid of problems, that somehow our life will be protected from all kinds of suffering where we won't have to endure anything, you see. And isn't it interesting how following Jesus didn't turn out the way you thought it would? Oh, you don't want to hear it tonight. It's okay. We'll just pretend and we'll just forget it and we'll just act like we got it all together and everything's fine. But that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. But for the the 2% of you that came tonight to be authentic in the presence of God to not have to feel like you have to perform to not have to feel like you have to pretend in his presence but you want to be completely vulnerable and transparent there is this sense about you that says isn't it interesting how following Jesus didn't turn out exactly the way that I thought it would mm. there's something about it there's something about his presence That makes us think that that his presence has to guarantee simplicity. That his presence has to guarantee a life that is completely uh, absent of problems and situations. But actually what you need to know is God's presence does not promise a life devoid of problems. Rather he promises to be there with you in every single one of them. What he promises is that as you go through problems that he will be there and he'll walk with you and he'll help carry you and he'll help guide you and he won't leave you alone. You don't have to figure it out by yourself. You won't have to navigate it by yourself. And so when he sees the disciples out in the storm in a boat, he leaves the top of a mountain and he says, "Listen, they ain't about to be in that storm by themselves. I'm going to go in the storm with him. When he sees his children in the fiery furnace, he says, "Listen, I'm not about to let them be in the fiery furnace. By themselves. No, 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 no. I'm gonna go in the fiery first furnace with them. What you need to know is every problem that you face, every situation, every heartache, every heartbreak, every silent frustration, everything you can't tell anybody, you can't confess, you don't wanna say it, you don't even know, every trigger, every trauma. The Lord has been with you through every part of it. He's never left you. That's His promise. His promise is that He'll see you through the same God that saw you walk into the storm is the same God that will walk you out of the storm. He's the same God. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit guides us. That the Holy Spirit guides us. I don't know if you've ever been to a place, like maybe a museum or something, and and they have a guide. They have a guide, right? And the person's guiding you, and they're guiding you through, and they're showing you all this stuff, and they're talking about whatever, whatever, whatever. whatever. And, And here's the thing. What makes a good guide what, what makes the guide a guide and, and what makes that guide an excellent guide? The reason they're able to do it is because they've already been there before. They've already seen it. And because they've already been there and because they've already seen it, they can guide you through. The Holy Spirit is your guide. And the reason he can guide you into your tomorrow and into your next week and into the next five years into the next 10 years is because he's already seen it. He's already been there. He's seen every problem, he's seen every situation, he's seen every turmoil, and he says, Listen, let me guide you. You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't gotta do it by yourself. He is your guide, you see. He is your guide. Verse 13. Then he left them and he got back onto the boat and crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them on the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. Yeast. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees. The yeast of the Pharisees. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees yeast yeast is yeast is is something subtle it it, it just takes a, a small amount just something subtle that 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 can ruin the dough it can it can ruin the recipe if if not right just just, just all it takes is just a little yeast and it and it spreads throughout and, and it begins to impact all sorts of area and spaces and, and and listen you have to watch out for some subtleness sometimes because the enemy likes to come in and just and just all it takes is just something subtle just 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 a subtle nudge, just a subtle whisper, just a subtle thought, just, just something subtle, just a, just a little, little thing, a a subtle situation, a, a subtle word that can all of a sudden cause all areas of your life to be affected. Just something subtle. You see, when the, when we were in the, when Adam and Eve were in the garden of Eden and and Eve is, is there and she's having the conversation uh, with Satan and, and, and they're kind of going back and forth about, about, about the, the, the fruit and the garden. And, 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 and she goes and says, uh, listen, uh, the fruit looks good and everything else, but, but God said not to eat it. And Satan says, well, did God say that? Right, she, she said, well, God says all that. Well, did he? See, just a subtle question. Did he? Now, isn't it interesting that satan did not try to convince her that god did not exist. Isn't it interesting that satan did not try to convince her that god was just a figment of her imagination? Isn't it interesting that god did not try to go, that satan did not try to go and convince her that, that god was not actually in existence? Because here's why. Because even if somebody believes god exists, satan can still win if he can make you question if you can trust god right? If Satan can get you in a place to say yeah, okay, God exists, but, but, but can you trust him? Right, right. Is that what he really said? Right. Are you sure? You see? And I think there's some people in the room that, that, there, that there might be areas in your life where, where maybe you fully trust God, but there's other areas in your life where I just don't know if I can fully trust God yeah. in that place and in that space. I don't know if I can fully trust God to, to, to make the right decision for what I need. And, and I don't know if I can fully trust God with this area if I expose it. I, I don't know if I can fully trust his mercy and fully trust his grace and fully trust his provision and fully trust his, his love. I don't know if I can do that. So watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. And verse 16, and then they discussed with one another and said, it is because we have no bread. And so, aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them. Aware, aware, aware. See, the, see, the, the thing is, is when you go through problems and struggles, it's not pointing to God's absence; it's pointing to His awareness. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, "Why are you talking?" about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear and do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full in pieces did you pick up? 12, they said. And, and when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets and pieces of bread did they pick up? They answered, Seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? He said, listen, when I, when I, when I took and I fed the 5,000, the, the 5, remember that? 5,000 with, 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 these, with, with these loaves. And, and after they got full, there, there, were, there were these 12 baskets left. And then he says, and then also, do you remember when I fed the 4,000? Remember that? Remember when I fed the 4,000? Right? And they said, yeah, we remember when you fed the 4,000. And, and he said, okay, well, well, how many, how, how many baskets did you pick up then? they said, seven. He says, do you still not understand? In other words, have you not learned anything? Wow. Don't, don't you see that, that within everything there's a purpose? And, and, and with that, oftentimes the, the, the pressures that you go through um, have, 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 have a purpose mixed within them. The pressures that you go through have a purpose mixed within them. And so, and so watch this. And so if you're going to get olive oil, then you have to press the olive. In. and there's a difference between crushing the olive in and pressing the olive in. And if you crush the olive, the oil that's produced from it, then little, little tiny fragments of the olive still are left within the oil, which which, which, you know, causes, which causes the oil to, to, to not be just oil. But in order to just get real oil, you have to press the oil. The the olive. Press it. it. It has to endure a certain amount of pressure, but not be crushed. Pressed, but not crushed. Pressed, but not crushed. There's a certain amount of pressure that has to happen to, but, 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 but in order for this to produce something because because there is a purpose behind it, you see. And, and this is why when we go through stuff, we have to sometimes we have to stop asking God why. Mm-hmm. When, when, when you face something that's difficult, sometimes you you have to stop asking God why, and you have to you have to start asking a different question. Like maybe you can ask God, what, what, what is it that you're trying to teach me through this? What is it that you're trying to show me? What is it that you're trying? To reveal to me. Oh, oh maybe. 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 We can ask God who? Who? Who is it that you're forming me to be? Who is it that you're fashioning me to be through this? Who is it that you're trying to have me become through this situation? What character trait are you trying to develop in me? Who, Who is it? Who is it that you're showing me that you are through this situation? Who is it that you're showing me and revealing to me about some sort of attribute about who you are in this time? You see. And so he says, listen, do you not see? Do you not understand? Do you not see? Do you not understand? Do you not see? Do you not understand? And he uses the words interchangeably see and understand. And sight and understanding. And sight and understanding. And and, and this is this is what he's saying. He's saying, I don't want you to just have sight. I want you to have insight. I don't want you to just have sight. I want you to have insight. And tonight, what I pray is that as the Holy Spirit illuminates the text for us tonight, that, that you will obtain insight. That, 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 listen, you've come too far and you've come too long for you not to understand, for, for it to have been a waste, for it all been for not, for it to have been for nothing. Too much of your heart has been broken. Too many tears have fallen from your face. Too many nights that are stressed out. There's just been too much for you to come all this way. For it to have been for nothing. For you to not have learned anything. For you to not have been shaped by it. For you not to have been formed by it. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody here not trying to be cute tonight? Anybody came tonight but to really understand? Listen. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's stirring something to try to show you that, that, listen, sometimes sometimes being molded, sometimes being shaped by God is going to be like putty in his hand. Other times he has to take a chisel and he's going to have to chisel some stuff to form and to fashion you. And either way, it's all there for his glory. It's all there for his glory. Notice the numbers. Somebody say, notice the numbers. Notice the numbers. He said, when I fed the 5,000, I did it with five loaves of bread. Right? Right? Right. And and, and after everybody was full, we had 12 baskets left over. Okay, so 5,000 people, five loaves of bread, 12 baskets left over. And then he says, and when I fed 4,000 people, less people, right? Less people. 4,000 people. He said, I did it with seven loaves of bread, more bread, more bread, less people, right, and then he says, and guess what, how many baskets were left over, seven, wait a minute, seven, so you had, you had less people, more bread, and less left over, do do you see that, less people, more bread, and less left over, and what that means is, as, the, as God was producing this miracle, as Jesus Christ was, was producing the miracle and multiplying the bread to, to the 4,000, the 4,000, what that lets me know is that as He's feeding this 4,000, that these 4,000 people were hungry. Really hungry. That, 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 that these 4,000 people were so hungry. That even though they had more loaves of bread and and Christ still multiplied it, that they had less left over because they were to make sure that they were full. They were hungry. And what that lets us know is that the miracle that God wants to provide, the provision that God wants to provide is not predicated on the amount of people in the room. You see what I'm saying? The move of the Holy Spirit what Jesus is going to do how Jesus is going to function what Jesus is going to answer how Jesus is going to move and make a decision and what he's going to do is not predicated on the amount of people that is in the room In other words, I heard a preacher once say he's not looking for a head count he's looking for a hunger count What moves God is a hungry people and I would rather have a room full of ten hungry people than a room Of 600 not hungry folks. I came to talk to somebody tonight that's hungry. I don't care if there's only three of you in the room. If you're hungry tonight, God wants to give you something. You see what I'm saying? Because the Holy Spirit is doing a hunger count. The Holy Spirit wants to know are you hungry? Are you hungry? Are you starving for him or have you got full off the world? Is there something else that you're getting full off of? So now you come in here and, and have the audacity to act like you're blessing God with your presence. You're coming in here and walking as though all of a sudden he owes you heaven, he owes you glory, he owes you favor because you did such and such, and you've been doing this and that, and you've been serving, and you've been tithing, and you've been giving and you can speak in tongues, and you can fast until you're skinny like twiggy, and you can, I mean you can do all of this stuff, and so now you're coming up in the house of the Lord. With the audacity I feel like well Let's see what I'm going to get out of this tonight You know what I mean But I'm looking for somebody I feel the Holy Ghost saying He's looking for somebody That's hungry You've been through some stuff You've been there too long I'm hungry for something of God I've tasted the world He can't give it to me The job can't do it The paycheck can't do it The house can't do it The wife can't do it The husband can't do it The friend can't do it I'm looking for somebody Somebody Anybody That's hungry tonight hungry tonight come on now you see verse look at the comparison between verse 2 and verse 4 verse 2 and verse 4 Ooh, we got 10 minutes we got to rush okay hold up we're going to pass like 0.5 okay we're just going to skip on to something but but i do want to say this Look at this. Verse 2 says, this is Jesus. Jesus says, I have compassion for those pe- for these people. Do you see that? I have compassion. Say, say compassion. compassion. Yeah. I have what? Compassion. I have compassion. for these people. I have compassion. for these people. He's saying, I have compassion for these people. Now verse 4, the disciple says, yeah, but, but where are we going to get enough bread? But where are we going to get enough bread? See, While Jesus was full of compassion, his disciples were full of concern. My goodness. And and, and the problem is, is that you have allowed concern to dictate your life. And oftentimes what happens is because concern dictates your life, comparison begins to rule your heart. And so you have replaced the compassions of Christ with the comparison of man. And when comparison rules your heart long enough, all relationships become transactional because now it's all about, well, how are you going to meet my need? How are you going to meet my dream and my vision and my life and what I'm trying to do and how are you going to meet my happiness? And and so now you come home and and now the spouse has to make you happy because you had a bad day. What happens if they had a bad day? You, you see what I'm saying? And now you come home and, and you expect the kids to line up and the kids got to listen and they got to obey and they got to make sure that they got everything done. And otherwise, because cause, cause you earned it, because, you know, it's about your needs and where you're trying to go and what you're trying to do. And, and you see what I'm saying? But when Jesus has compassion, it now doesn't become about his needs. It becomes about their needs. And, and this is what happens when, when you come into a compassionate state with the Lord Jesus Christ is all of a sudden your needs takes a back seat. And instead of trying to figure out how you're going to meet your needs, you're trying to figure out how you're going to meet everyone else's. How can I meet your need today? How can I, how can I serve you well today? How can I love you deeply today? You see what I'm saying? And so next time when you're going through, you know, the Dutch brothers, I see everybody with some Dutch brother. Praise Jesus! Feel bad for Starbucks, that's the end of you. Know, but. And they get your order wrong you see what I'm saying and then you get all uppity about it you get all upset about it you know because even that relationship the relationship of all you did was to order a drink it's just a drink y'all you know what I'm saying not the end of the world just a drink but you ordered the drink and all of a sudden because the drink wasn't right maybe they put in three pumps instead of two I don't know you know what I'm saying but it doesn't right all of a sudden you want to get up and you want to get all upset and you want to say well how dare they and you want to right you know what i'm saying even that relationship becomes about your need instead of instead of thinking i wonder if they've had an off day today i wonder if i should take time in my prayer and i'm going to drink this drink i don't really like but you know what every sip i'm going to pray for that person I'm going to pray that God comes into their life and, and, and comforts them. I'm going to pray because maybe they're going through something and, and, and they need deliverance and, and maybe they need a word of encouragement and maybe they need some love, you see. My goodness. You see. So they said, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? Sometimes we feel we're lacking provision when really we're lacking Priorities. You see, sometimes we feel like we're lacking provision when really we're lacking priorities, 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 priorities. priorities. And what's interesting is, is what man calls not enough, Jesus calls more than enough. Because in both situations, whether it's the feeding of the four thousand or the feeding of the five thousand, he says, "Well, what do we got?" In both situations, "What do we got?" And they say, well, all we got is this. And Jesus says, that's more than enough. And oftentimes what happens is God will use inadequate resources in order to produce his purpose. But not just inadequate resources, because if you notice, what's interesting is he says, well, listen, uh, here's some bread. And and then he says this. He says, now you go give it to him. You go give it to him. Me? Me? Well, Jesus, I mean, can't you just like, I don't know, do some like, you know, something weird with your hand and pray and, and and just have it like fall in their lap or something? Like, like can't can't we just like, I don't know, man. Like, like maybe have birds come in and like deliver it right into, you know, you know what I'm saying? Or just have some angels, dude. That'd be nice. Some angel, right? That'd be that'd be excellent. Let's just do. I think that's our idea. Let's take a vote, disciple. Let's just everybody take a take a vote. And Jesus says, No, 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 no. You give them the bread. Yeah, but, but, but see, but see, Jesus, I would, but, but I'm, I'm inadequate. Mm-hmm. God will often not just use inadequate resources, but He'll use inadequate people. And so here they are, and and, and, and all of a sudden they're they're, they're they're here, and and God says, listen, that, that that's more than enough, and and, and 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 because your priority has all of a sudden been skewed then oftentimes the deeper need that you actually have, the need beneath the need, you see, that you actually have, which, which is what I believe God wants to, to touch on tonight, what he wants to give you tonight. is not just the need, but the need beneath the need. You know what I mean? Some of you, when I start talking about need, you say, well, I need a job and I need a house and I need a car and I need to be healed and I need to get, you know, my kids need to get saved and my husband needs to get right and you know what I'm saying? And, my, and, and, I, and, and you know, I need, to, I need to, have money to get my hair done and I need, money. you know what I'm saying? We just, all the need, I'm talking about the need underneath the need, you see. That need And God is trying to meet your need, but through a priority that you refuse to set. And what you don't want to do is let one need feed another, and then let that need feed another need, until all of a sudden you let a situation that feels like it's not enough turn into an identity that feels like it's not enough. And then eventually if you begin to live in this false identity of what's not enough, then what begins to happen is eventually you believe that God is not enough. You see? Now I know, I know nobody wants to amen real loud to that because we in church and we don't want anybody to judge us. I get it. But I get it. I, I didn't expect anybody to get up and start running around and jumping and clapping over that and say, oh yes, that's true. I don't believe God's enough. Yes, Pastor Roger, I believe. You know, I understand, but inside your heart, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know you can't say a lot right now. I know, I know, I know, but inside, your mind maybe you feel like you don't have enough there's a lot of people that feel like they don't have enough time or energy or friends or joy or ability or sleep or peace or education or experience or connections but let me just tell you this that whatever it is that man looks at and says it's not enough God says it's more than enough how much time we got And so so here they are, and and it's really interesting because there's a difference between the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. Jesus did the feeding of the 5,000 first, and then he did the feeding of the 4,000 second, and... And the feeding of the 5,000 was in Jewish territory. And the feeding of the 4,000 was in Gentile territory. You know, the gospel goes first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And, and, and so he's doing all this stuff and there, there's purpose behind it, but but there is a difference. And, and what happens is when the feeding of the 5,000, when, 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 he, when he's out into the, the hills, it, it, sometimes what we see is we almost picture this, like Jesus is out having picnic, right? Because remember he says, everybody's hungry, you know, everybody's hungry. And, and so he says, now have them get in groups and sit down. And we almost, it's almost like in our mind. We can see a checkered red and white blanket with a picnic basket and yogi bear comes up or whatever and and, 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 and it's as if Jesus is having a picnic, but you got to understand where they were and what they were doing. These hills weren't just any hills but, but 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 this was the hotbed of a revolutionary resistance to the Roman imperial rule. These were zealots that were having a movement that they were zealots that, that that wanted a violent overthrow of a Ro- of the Roman rule. That's what they were out there for and, and, and so they were gathering the troops together because they were going to figure out how to have this sort of religious war to to overtake to overtake the Roman rule that's what they were there and so it was this guerrilla warfare if you will and this is where Jesus comes to feed the 5,000 and they accepted Jesus why because what they were wanting what they were wanting was they were wanting Jesus to be their king of revolution that's what it says Read for yourself in the book of Luke. It says, listen, it makes it very clear that, 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 that they were wanting Jesus to lead this revolution and be their king, right. and be their king. And so Jesus comes and he begins, and he says, listen, uh, I, I'm gonna talk to you and I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. And, and yes, we're gonna lead a revolution. Are you ready? Yeah, we're ready. Uh, yeah. And so, okay, we're gonna lead a revolution. And he said, and here's the game plan. And he gives them the gospel. He gives them the gospel. Now listen, listen, listen. When when you see situations like this and the leader comes out, the leader passes out weapons and starts weapon training. That's what the leader does. Passes out weapons and starts weapon training. Jesus is there and he gets bread and he passes out the word. You see what I'm saying? And then he starts bread distribution training. He says, you want a revolution? Do we want a revolution? He said, what you're going to do is, you're going to do it not through the world's weapons. But through the gospel. By being a bread distributor. Who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, but I'm inadequate. Great. Perfect. You qualify for the job. You got it. You see? But that's not what they wanted. They wanted a king. They wanted somebody to come and to make all of this wrong right again. That's what they wanted. They wanted a leader to come. And Jesus wasn't who they thought he was. And we do that ourselves. Our society wants Jesus, but they want a Jesus that will do things when. And how they see fit. You see what I'm saying? One, and how they see fit. That's what it is. They, 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 want, they, they want a God. That will come to you and say yes yes, sir. And, and yes ma'am. And whatever you want. And, 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 and come to you and say. Yeah, you're, just tell me what you want. Oh that's what you want. Yes okay. Okay. But see that's not God. That's not God. And so the Bible says that he goes and Pastor Matt if I can get some help and the Bible says that he goes and he grabs this bread he grabs this bread and in John 25 he says listen he says why is it that why is it that you're chasing after the wrong bread see we're all chasing after bread But what he says is, so don't don't get me stuck now. Don't. Don't go. We holy tonight. Don't. You know what I'm You ever see those like newly saved people in the worship? You know what I mean? And they still got the club moves going on when they worship in the law. You know. It's, sanct- it's sanctification. is a process. Don't worry about it. And so, and so the Bible says that, that they... He got this bread and he says, listen, you can, you're chasing after the wrong bread because you're chasing after bread that eventually will spoil. Eventually it will spoil. Oh, it'll, it'll fill you for a little bit, but eventually it'll, it'll spoil. It'll spoil. And he, and he says this term, he says, but see, for me, he says, I am the bread of life. The bread of life. You see that? The bread of life. And and, and there's two words in the Greek for for life there. And it's bio and zoe. Now, bio is where we get like physical life. But, But zoe doesn't mean physical life. It means quality of life. And when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he says, I am the bread of zoe. Quality of life, because Jesus is not interested in just you existing. He's not interested in just having eternal existence, because in hell, that's just we eternal existence. He doesn't want you to just exist. He wants you to live. And so, and so, he, there's this bread that he, that he, that he has there, and you know what's interesting about this bread Chris is that this bread looks beautiful looks yummy right doesn't this look delicious but it actually doesn't do anything for us like this because if I'm hungry just looking at the bread won't do anything for me it's not like if I look at it long enough then somehow it'll just fill my tummy you see what I'm saying Oh, and the bread could, mm, the bread could smell good. Oh, that bread smells good. But but see, and that's great and all, but that doesn't really do anything for you. You could touch the bread and then, that's great. As long as the bread remains whole, it does nothing for you. The minute the bread begins to function for you, and begins to feed you and fill you. Something has to happen. There has to be some kind of breaking, cutting, or slicing that has to take place. A biting, a breaking. Do you see what I'm saying? Because as long as it's intact, it does nothing. But, but but there has to be a breaking. And the Bible says that that he stood there in front of these thousands of people and it says that he gave thanks and then he broke it. He gave thanks, and then he broke it. And every time he broke it, it multiplied. Every time he broke it, it provided something. Every time there was a breaking, there was a provision. And what you need to understand is that in your life, when God goes to break you, it's because there's a purpose behind it. There is something he's trying to produce. Every time he breaks you, there is something there that he's wanting to produce from you. And so I get it, I get it, I get it. You're excited, you're, you're excited because you got the news and you're gonna be pregnant and, and you're really excited about that and you can't wait till the baby, you have all these plans and then miscarriage happens and there's a breaking. Oh, I get it, I, I, I understand You know you, that, 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 that here you are and, and, and the doctor says that you've been healed from cancer, cancer's not there, then all of a sudden two years later, cancer comes back and there's a breaking. I, 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 I get it when all of a sudden the kids are acting great and everything's going well and then next thing you know one kid makes a bad decision and, and you're staying up all night and you don't know what to do and, and next thing you know they packed their stuff and they ran away from home and now you're there and you're sad and you're depressed and you're scared and you don't know what to do and you're crying out to the Lord but it doesn't feel like anything's happening you see what I'm saying oh I know I know you know I know Maybe you're a foster kid in here today and, and you have a, a mom and dad and, and maybe they promised to stop doing drugs and, and they promised and they did good for two weeks and then something happened and here you go again through the breaking and, 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 and maybe there's a situation where you felt like you were doing okay and, and things were going good and then, and then you got fired and there's a, there's a breaking and, 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 and all this stuff is happening, all this turmoil is happening inside of you but, but there's this breaking that's taking place, you see. There's a breaking. There's a breaking. And for every person in here tonight that feels like they're in a season where you're just feeling torn into pieces, what you need to understand is that God says there's a purpose. You say, well, how do I know how do I know that I can endure this? How, how do I know that I can endure the the heartache and the pain and how, how do I know you know maybe, maybe you got cut from the team and there's a breaking and maybe you heard your name in, in some gossip and so there's a breaking. Maybe maybe the friend that said there will always be there and there's a, there, there's a breaking and you're trying to figure out how you're going to do it and you don't know how it's going to work out and, and you're stressed out and, and you're trying to keep it all together and you're here this tonight and, and I get it. You ironed your clothes and you did your hair and you put on the eyelashes and you put on the cologne and, and, and I get it, I get it, I get it. I get it but, but, but but inside there's something inside of you that just feels like something's just tearing you apart and you don't know what to do because this is how you're feeling on the inside but you got to keep it all together you got to look cool you got to look like you got everything acting right and everything all the day you know what i'm saying yeah. and you're like but how do i know i can endure this here's how you know because on that night after they got through eating jesus stood up in front of his disciples and the bible says he took bread because you have to understand jesus christ isn't just bread He's broken bread. And he says, I take this bread and this broken bread will represent my broken body. And what that means is this, is that what you have to understand is that what Jesus Christ promises is this, is that, listen, at the cross, he experienced the ultimate sense of brokenness. The ultimate sense of what it was to be torn. And because he faced the cross, but not just face it, but because he had victory over death, but not just victory over death but because he ascended into heaven. You see what I'm saying? Then what that lets you know is that when you put your trust in him, when you claim that he is your Lord and that he is the savior of your life, then because he went through the ultimate sense of breaking, you will be able to face every tear. You will be able to face every problem. You'll be able to face every situation. And I want you to know tonight, church, that I hear it. what's interesting is when you break when you break bread it's it's kind of quiet but in the spirit I hear I hear breaking all in this room for some of you it's family for some of you it's identity for some of you it's dreams for some of you it's health I hear the breaking the breaking I hear the breaking but Jesus says this listen I will make sure to give you strength to endure it all because eventually this bread is going to go from here to here eventually this bread you will eat and it will be your sustenance the very thing that you thought was going to kill you is actually going to bring you life. The very thing that you thought that the enemy was going to use to drown you, God is going to turn to give you strength. The very thing, the very situation that you found hopeless, God says, I'm going to give you hope. The very thing that you thought was pointless, God says, I'm going to give you purpose again. I'm going to give you hope again. I'm going to give you life again. And all you need to do is follow me. And yes, it might be into a wilderness. But will you follow me? Yes, it might be into some weird places. But will you follow me? It might be into a den of lions. But will you follow me? It might be into a dark cave. But will you follow me? It might be through a tall, a tall mountain. But will you follow me? It might be through a shadowy valley of death. But will you follow me? Will you follow me? Because if so, then every time that you have a breaking, it'll turn into sustenance. You need to understand that every heartache and every heart break and every hard thing God says I am here I am here you see I'm here would you stand to your feet and watch this and as and we're leaving time for for some altar because I believe God is going to use Chris and this team to To begin to minister to you and begin to prophesy over you and to begin to speak some words over you and and God wants to say something to you and it's going to be through this next worship segment and God wants to speak some things in you and speak some things out of you and and but watch this but here he is and he's he's giving he's breaking the bread and and the, the people are distributing the bread and that's all I came to do tonight is just, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm not, I'm not the one that can produce anything. I, I'm, just give, I'm just here to distribute some bread to you. And, but you have to be in a place where you're like, okay, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because what the Holy Spirit's not gonna do is tie you up and shove it down your mouth. Right. He ain't gonna do that. Right. You have to be in a space where you say, I'm gonna take it. You have to be in a space where you're gonna reach out. You're gonna reach back out and you're gonna be able to receive it. You, you see what I'm saying? And so this is what's interesting about the woman with the issue of blood is that is that Jesus passed by and and when Jesus passed by it says that that, that she went and she pushed her way through the crowd to, to, to be able to just to be able to just touch Jesus, to be able to just touch Jesus. And I'm wondering if there's anybody here tonight. you've been waiting on Jesus to touch you while Jesus is waiting for you to come and touch him. And I'm curious how many times he has to pass you by before you'll finally just reach out. I'm curious how many times he has to pass you by before you'll finally have enough faith to pass by and you'll let go of ego and you'll let go of pride and and you'll let go of shame and you'll let go of guilt and you'll let go of the false lies that the enemies put inside of you that you've been living by that you let go of all of that and you'll just do something and you'll reach out and, and and you'll touch Jesus and and where he broke this bread was in the wilderness it wasn't it wasn't in the comfort of their homes but it's about getting out of the comfortable and it's about making a move because Jesus has some bread for you in fact the bread isn't just bread it's a person the question is, will you receive it tonight? Will you receive it tonight? So they're gonna get ready and, and, and they're gonna come move this stuff. They're gonna come and they're gonna move this. And, and I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna start to just break some stuff off. And, and just though in the breaking, there's a <laughs> in the breaking there's a purpose. And the breaking isn't comfortable, but, the, but there's a purpose behind it. There's a purpose behind it. So here's what we're gonna do. Would you would you guys just as much as you can? And listen, we'll we'll figure out how to get to you. Don't 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 worry about that. But 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 can we just so that we you know you know me, I'm trying not to walk all that much. Praise God. And so, but help me help you. Right? And so, but would you just take a few steps and we just begin to fill this space because we have a prayer team that that's been praying and 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 and, and they want to come and they want to join with you and believe together that that through all of the the bread and and everything that's been going on in your life in the breaking that that the Holy Spirit wants to begin to encourage you and the Holy Spirit wants to begin to to move and speak into some of those broken areas some of the places that you feel the Holy Spirit is is just wanting to deal with those, those areas of tearing and of ripping and the bread you see he is, bread. he is the bread he is the bread he is the bread he is the bread now listen if you're here tonight and I know the altar is ahead, and I get it. And I get it. and so but listen, I be, I, I'm believing that the Lord wants to minister and there, I believe there's some people in the back rows and, and in the middle and, and I just believe Holy Spirit wants to just and so you, and so when, when we go to worship, will, will you do this? We're, we're going to try to get some people to you too, but but, but, will, but will you do this no matter where you are with the front or the back? Will, will you just begin to just take your heart? And be in a posture of saying, Lord God, I'm just hungry. I'm just hungry. And I've tried to, I've, t- I've turned to other things and tried to see if it could, it could fill that hunger, but, but it's not, it's not. And, 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 and I'm hungry and I'm hungry for something that this world can't satisfy. I, I'm hungry for something that, that people just can't seem to give me. And and I'm tired of being disappointed, and I'm tired of being let down, and I'm tired of being overpromised and underdelivered, and, and I'm tired of having my hopes crushed, and, and I'm just hungry. And if I and, and if I don't get something from you, Lord, I, I feel like I'm going to collapse. I feel like I'm going to collapse. quiet that the person next to you won't even know it exists, so quiet that people that live with you might not even know it's there. The shame, the guilt, the worry, the anxiety, the frustration, the tearing, and the ripping. Jesus says, come and eat. He says, because I have plenty, and I'm not going to run out.